Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Lee Connor of Hamilton Healthcare System in Dalton. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us today, Dr. Connor. Thank you for having me. Dr. Connor is a board certified infectious disease specialist. He completed his medical training at Florida International University in Miami Dade County, Florida, and his residency and fellowship at Wake Forest University School of Medicine, Winston Salem, North Carolina. He practices at Hamilton Medical Center and Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care at 1243 Broderick Drive down the street from Hamilton Medical Center. Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care houses three physician specialties, infectious disease, pulmonology, and palliative care. Thank you so much for joining us again. You were back with us in January. How you been doing? Been doing well, yeah. yeah. I think it was a... A darker time at that point, and it uh, seems like things have started to improve uh, pretty substantially from when we last spoke. Well, I am really glad things are improving, and you're right. Every time I turn around, I hear more good news and more good news, uh, and it looks like things are starting to improve. Yeah, yeah. In the county, we're seeing less cases, and in the hospital, we're seeing less hospitalizations. So overall, everything is, is much better than it was back in January. Well, now, last time you and I talked, you were talking about how Whitfield County population-wise, had so many cases compared to the rest of the state of Georgia. Yeah, yeah. When you look at the cases per 100,000, our rate was one of the highest. You know, we're never going to have the most numbers, you know, since our population isn't as big as Atlanta, mm-hmm. or, you know. But in terms of when you look at it per 100,000, it's uh, it's way up there. Well, yeah, you're right. And I'm very glad that uh, it is going down. It is headed in the right direction. Why do you think this is happening now? Well, I think, um, you know, probably people are more reinvigorated with doing the social distancing and masking when we were having a big upswing in cases. So I think a lot of the stuff we've been doing for, you know, a year now, people are getting better about. And, you know, we've been rolling out the vaccine, you know, in conjunction with the state of Georgia. So we're getting more and more folks vaccinated, probably a combination of all those. And, you know, maybe the season's changing is going to help somewhat. I kind of think that'll be to be determined. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the various types of COVID-19 vaccines. We'll be right back on Health for Life. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Lee Connor, an infectious disease physician with Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care. Dr. Connor, COVID-19 vaccines are finally being distributed in our area. Have you received your vaccine yet? Yep, we got our first shipment from the state of Georgia towards the middle of December, so that's when I got my first vaccine. And and if I remember, you were one of the first, weren't you? That was number one, yeah. yeah. You were the first person to get. Try to lead by example and, um, you know, nothing to worry about. Very safe and, you know, I'll jump at the front of the line to, to show that. It's important that people get that vaccine. Oh, absolutely. You know, vaccination efforts, social distancing, those efforts are are the biggest things we can do to combat this. Now, there are a number of vaccines. What vaccine did you get? I got the Pfizer one. So that's one of the mRNA ones. And that was the first one approved. And then Moderna was shortly thereafter. And that one also is an mRNA vaccine. What does that mean? mRNA vaccines are kind of a, a new thing, but basically they have to be really, really cold because mRNA breaks down pretty rapidly. But mm-hmm. 
Basically, we, we inject you with a very small snippet of that virus's genome, the, the part that codes for the spikes on the outside, and that's what we're hoping you make antibodies to. And so that basically is the sort of the code for your body to make that uh, spike protein, and then your cells make that. They recognize it as foreign, and then they start, the, you know, the cascade of making antibodies to it so that your antibodies are what protect you against viruses and bacteria. But in this case, we're, we're hoping to get a, a really robust antibody response to now, that spike protein. Now, Johnson & Johnson has a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that vaccine? Yeah, yeah. So this is sort of a different way of doing things. You know, basically all these vaccines boil down to showing the body this foreign protein, the spike on the outside of the virus, and, and eliciting an antibody response. Pfizer and Moderna do the mRNA technology, and then... That mRNA, you got to keep it super cold, as you mentioned a moment ago. Yep. Johnson & Johnson just refrigerated is Refrigerated, okay? yep, yep. So they've basically commandeered uh, an adenovirus, which is something that can give you some common cold symptoms and a little bit of diarrhea at times. But they basically took the, the outside portion of that and injected it with some DNA that encodes for that specific spike protein. And so basically that virus particle, which doesn't have any live virus, it's not able to replicate. It just introduces that DNA in to then, you know, code it into mRNA. And then that goes into the same pathway as the ones above, the Pfizer and the Moderna. And so you turn that mRNA into protein, and then your protein is shown to the cells, and then the cells start to produce antibodies. So, and this is effective against COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the 95% we're seeing with the mRNA vaccines, but, you know, we're just talking about like 65%, 80%, depending on what markers you're looking for, you know. It prevents severe COVID infection, so, you know, keeps people out of the hospital. None of these are 100% going to protect you against COVID, but they offer a lot of protection, you know, 95 to, you know, 65%, depending on the ones you get, of preventing infection. Now, how do the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, how are they different? So essentially they're the same. Basically it's the same mRNA to encode for that spike protein. It's just kind of nuanced in that they're packaged a little bit differently. They have to have that packaging to get into the cell. You can't just inject mRNA. And so basically the packaging is a little bit different, but the idea is the same as just getting that mRNA into the cell so that you can start making that protein and then expressing that protein and then forming the antibodies. And they are two-shot vaccines. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Johnson and Johnson is a one shot if I just remember. one. Yep. Yep. And uh, you know, up until now it's been a very centralized effort, you know, in vaccinations because of the cold storage concerns and the you needing two shots, you really have to have the logistical support to follow up on folks, the freezers. And so everything's been very, very centralized. So it's had to be done through either a hospital or the health department. My hope is that with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine we can really start to decentralize this process, you know, get this into doctors' offices or you know, places where people go and get the routine medical care. So, you know, you're going there for maybe your hypertension uh, management, diabetes management, and then they offer you a COVID shot, you know, and and I think that's probably going to be the best way we can get vaccine into people's arms is really Mm -hmm. just putting it at a doctor's office where it's, you know, it's very, very convenient. And then you don't have to follow up and get a second shot. I think just making the process as easy as possible. And I think the Johnson and Johnson does that pretty well. Good. What about kids? What about children? Can children take the vaccine? Technically, no, depending on which one, you know, 16 to 18 is sort of the cutoff. They are recruiting children, I think, five and above for some of the trials to see, you know, efficacy and safety data. Um, So hopefully down the line, we'll, you know, expand the authorization to younger and younger folks. But, you know, we're seeing pregnant ladies getting it and having, you know, good outcomes and no serious safety events. You know, lactating women are still getting some of these vaccines. And so, you know, it's just because the studies were designed a certain way. We can't fully endorse getting children vaccinated Mm -hmm. until more of that data comes out. But I suspect it'll be just as effective. Now, are there side effects from these vaccines that you're seeing? 
I mean, with anything we put into your body, either a drug or a vaccine, you know, there's some side effects that you, you can see. The most common, I would say, is injection site reactions. So people having soreness in the arm where the, the injection went in, some redness. A lot of people swelling. suffer that from a flu shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with any vaccine, you know, you can get those injection site reactions. And, and some people manifest some more systemic stuff like feeling fatigue, malaise, you know. Some people can go on to develop some fevers and chills. You know, we see more of that sort of stronger response sort of in the second vaccine for the mRNA vaccines. But, um, you know, they're very, very temporary, lasting less than a day usually, and, and people are back back to doing what they normally do. Now, after I have my vaccine, after after I've gotten my vaccine shots, both of them, if I'm going to have a two-shot, or the Johnson & Johnson, which is a one-shot, will I still need to wear a mask? Yep, still want everyone to wear a mask. These vaccines are very safe, very, very effective, though nothing in medicine is 100%. And so, theoretically, somebody could still get COVID, even though they've been vaccinated, though it's a very, very low percentage. So you just want to make sure that, in case that does happen to you, that you're protecting other people around you by wearing a mask and social distancing. And there's other respiratory viruses out there that the masks have been helping with. You know, flu has been essentially unheard of this year. Um, and that's, that's probably, what I keep hearing, that yeah. there's no, well, very little flu. Yeah, super low amount. Like, uh, you know, really, we don't see this low numbers ever, really. And so um, I think that speaks to a lot of the social You think it's masking and, and masking. social distancing? Absolutely. Flu is another virus that's spread in respiratory particles. And so mm. really kind of keeping those in your vicinity with a mask and social distancing. I mean, those are good ways to keep that from coming into contact with someone else and infecting them. You know, a lot of the folks that are listening to this uh, program, they're on Facebook all the time, and there's got to be misinformation out there on social media. How do you know what's true, and how do you know what's just a rumor? Try to stick to trusted sources. You know, we're talking about the FDA, if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty about, you know, the approval process and all the data behind that. The CDC is is another good resource, and they can kind of tell you a little bit more about quarantining and the different Mm -hmm. types of vaccines. And you can really dive deep into all of that. And then you can look at, um, you know, the Infectious Disease Society of America. They publish guidelines, too, about safety, efficacy, and, and who should be vaccinated. So I would stick to more of those, you know, peer-reviewed sources is what we call it, you know, where it's a committee of really intelligent people that come together and, and make these recommendations. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about exactly how the vaccine works to help our bodies fight off COVID-19. We'll be right back on Health for Life. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for Life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at hamiltonhealth.com. Hamilton Healthcare System, health for life. Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Lee Connor, an infectious disease physician with Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care. Dr. Connor, can you describe to our listeners exactly how the COVID-19 vaccines work? Yeah, I mean, this is our you know best shot at preventing people from getting ill or hospitalized. And these vaccines, they differ in you know some of the mechanisms, but ultimately it's about getting your body to make that protein, that spike protein that's on the surface of the coronavirus, COVID-19. And that spike protein is what it attaches to our cells and allows it to enter. And so when when we give you the vaccine and you show this protein that the body has never seen before or recognizes as foreign, it kind of makes this cascade through the inflammatory cells and ultimately ends up with antibody production or some memory cells, some memory T cells. And if your body does see it, you know, it coats the virus with these antibodies so it can't infect cells or 
Or if it goes down the T cell pathway, you know, these cells will go by and find these cells that are infected and kill those cells so that they're not virus factories producing more and more COVID-19. So there's a couple pathways on how these these vaccines work. You know, antibodies is the big thing, but there's also, you know, some cell killing mediated mechanisms as well. So, but the Johnson and Johnson being a one shot, that is different than the other two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So it's, uh, it's, it's slightly different. It's having a different way of putting DNA into your cell and then that being turned into mRNA. And then the pathways are essentially the same between the two is that mRNA becomes protein and then that protein is foreign to the body. And so your body, you know, unleashes all these different cells to make the antibodies or cells that will go by and just routinely scan cells for viral infections and kill them off. Well, now you mentioned mRNA. The Pfizer and the Moderna uh, vaccines, they are the mRNA type vaccines. What, you know, you touched on it a moment ago, but what are mRNA vaccines? What are those? Yeah, it's a it's sort of a brand new way of doing things. It's uh It's really interesting. The technology allows you to kind of speed up vaccine production. So these have come to market pretty quick. You know, it's uh, basically once you know the sequence, the genomic sequence of this virus, especially that, you know, those uh, spike proteins, you can then clip out that segment of its genome Mm -hmm. and then, you know, put that mRNA into basically it's like a nanoparticle is what the vaccine is. And so, yeah, basically once you identify that, that specific protein and the formula for it, you crank these vaccines out in a very safe and effective way. But the Johnson & Johnson is different. How does it differ? Yeah, it's basically one step back. And so typically when you talk about biology, it's DNA gets turned into RNA and RNA gets turned into proteins. And so basically the Johnson & Johnson vaccine ends up going down with DNA first and then uses your body to turn that into mRNA. And then that goes down and turns into proteins. And basically once it hits the mRNA part, it becomes pretty similar in terms of the mechanism behind it. Okay. So the Johnson & Johnson, although it's different, it kind of... Mm-hmm kind of runs the same rails. Yep, yep. It's just, uh, you know, just a different way of going about things. Now, what about when we're talking about COVID-19, we're talking about the vaccine for COVID-19. And earlier you had talked about how you cannot get COVID-19 from the vaccine. How could that be? These viruses have pretty long genomes with multiple different segments that code for different genes, you know, capsules and different polymerases and all this stuff. Tons and tons of genes on this strand. And so that that little piece is not going to be able to infect you or it doesn't come with all the instructions that the virus would need to replicate itself. Okay. All right. So it doesn't have everything that the virus needs. Yep. Yep. But it, it has, has enough that. for your body to fight it off. Right. Yep. It just has that one so little you, segment. So you cannot get COVID nineteen from the COVID nineteen vaccine. Absolutely not. Now I heard on the news that women should schedule their mammograms around having the COVID-19 vaccine. Why is that? You know, whenever we give you a vaccine, we're trying to get an immune response. Certain tissues are going to swell. Certain tissues are going to get activated. Mm -hmm. And lymph nodes may be swollen, and that might be picked up on a mammogram or some other imaging modality. So if it's swollen, it may concern your radiologist, and and that might warrant more testing. And that might be unnecessary. It might all be related to the vaccine. But work around that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Work around that. Definitely get both, but um, probably not at the exact same time or so. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about COVID-19 in our community. We'll be right back on Health for Life. If you're in need of medical care, don't delay. Your health won't wait. Hamilton Medical Center is ready to care for you. We are following CDC guidelines. Patients and guests are screened for COVID-19 symptoms. Those who are suspected to have the virus are treated in a separate area. Plus, Hamilton's high-powered UV light robots eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and viruses on surfaces. Please do not delay medical care. Your health won't wait. As always, Hamilton is here for you. 
Welcome back to Health for Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Lee Connor, an infectious disease physician with Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care. Dr. Connor, thankfully COVID-19 numbers are going down. We talked about that at the beginning of the program. What can we do to help these numbers continue to drop? Continue to mask, continue to do the social distancing things that we've been doing for a year now. And I think keep your eyes peeled for, you know, vaccine phases. Look for if you're a person that's eligible for these vaccines when they're available to you and really educating yourself about these vaccines, going and get the vaccine, encouraging your family members to go and get the vaccine when it's their time as well. So I would say, you know, really keep your eye on seeing if you are one of those people that qualify for it and then seeking that out because really the vaccine is going to be... All of this is tools in our arsenal, but I would say the one of the best ones is vaccination. Vaccination is so important. You know, maybe we'll take some, some things away from all of this. You know, if we're sick, maybe wearing a mask just to protect others. With other respiratory viruses that are out in the public, like flu or RSV and all these other ones. And so just, you know, being smart about things. But I think we probably need to get a larger proportion of the population vaccinated before we go into, you know, more routine, large volume gatherings. Well, now there are still people being asked to quarantine. What what goes into quarantining. Yeah, yeah. If you've been exposed to somebody who's known to have COVID-19 and you've you know been around that person for a period of 15 minutes or so within six feet, those are the folks I would really encourage to quarantine for that 14-day period. There's always some quicker ways to get out of it with, you know, testing at certain time periods. But, you know, the safest thing to do is quarantine for that two weeks. We don't know from when that exposure you're going to end up developing symptoms and becoming, you know, potentially infectious to other folks. So I would say, you know, as a broad statement, the 14 days, but there are some nuances to that it can be seven to 10 days if you're able to get a test. Okay. But, you know, I'd talk to your doctor about all that. Now, do you, do you have to quarantine if you've been vaccinated? If you've been vaccinated and you've had a couple of weeks since your last dose, because when you get a shot, you're not automatically protected. You know, it takes a couple of weeks for this whole immune system to, thing to play itself out and okay. develop those antibodies and develop that cell mediated response. And so, yeah, yeah, no, the CDC recommends that, you know, you don't have to quarantine if you've been a couple weeks out from vaccination, even if you've been exposed. So that's, that's been, you know, that's something very reassuring. Yeah, that is. You know, life can go on a little bit. <laughs> now, what are some of the co- common symptoms of COVID-19 that we should be looking for? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a very wide spectrum. You know, the most common things we see are probably fevers, feeling fatigued, just not feeling well, real achy, muscle aches. Headache, maybe? Yeah, headaches. Some people get diarrhea. Um, you know, the one that really drives people to seek care at their doctor's office or the emergency department is the that, that really bad shortness of breath. So just Well, know, that's scary. Yeah, with like usually a non-productive cough, so you're not bringing up a lot of phlegm, but, you know, you're just more winded than you usually, be, usually are and you know, just doing simple day-to-day tasks kind of takes your breath away. And so that's that's the most concerning symptom. And and those, you know, if you develop any of that, you've had an exposure, I get in touch with your doctor. You know, there, there are some things that we're doing at Hamilton, like the antibody clinic, which is something we can do as an outpatient before you get, you know, real ill that you need to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. And so your doctor can test you. If you're positive, send an order over to the infusion center and we can get you one of the antibodies like Regeneron or uh, this one called BMAB. And that's an antibody to this virus. And so we can get that infused into you and offer you some protection, even though you've been infected. But if we give this to you early on, it may make things less and less serious. You may not have as much complications. Um, It's really been shown to 
decrease the amount of times people go to the emergency department because of COVID-19. So that's something we've been offering, and, and it seems very reassuring. Dr. Connor, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. We have learned so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. For more information or an appointment at Hamilton Physician Group Specialty Care, call 706 529 3072 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash specialty care. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Join us on a journey to better health. Health for life. Simply put, that is why Hamilton Medical Center is here. From primary care and specialty care practices near you, an accredited chest pain center, a certified joint replacement program, a new children's institute, cancer institute, endoscopy center, and more. Hamilton is here for you and your family. Learn more at HamiltonHealth.com. Hamilton Healthcare System. Health for life. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 